In the name of the blessed Trinity, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the titles the scripture ascribes to Jesus is Prince of Peace. It brings to mind a kind of sweet image of baby Jesus in a manger scene and reminds me of the recurring story you hear every now and again of the manger scene in the town square that has a hard time keeping baby Jesus in place. Every once in a while you hear this story at Christmas time, a manger scene set up in the town square or in some public place, and the baby Jesus keeps disappearing. So the people in charge, officials, uh, church officials, or whoever put it up, put together a kind of God squad to keep this baby Jesus right in place, and they wrap him up with cables and bolt him down to the manger and cement the manger in place. It lasts for a while, but eventually the baby gets taken again. This is the image that comes to my mind today, given our gospel passage that we've just heard. And oh, how I wish how the compilers of the lectionary would have left this one out I mean, of all the passages of the gospel that could be included, this one doesn't lend itself very well to an encouraging and uplifting sermon, though maybe it speaks truth. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, Satan essentially, how much more will they do it to you? Fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think I have come to the earth to bring peace. No, I have come to bring a sword. Man against father, daughter against mother, etc., etc. You heard it. It took me working through this sermon to realize how this image of the baby Jesus bolted down in the manger scene again and again popped into my mind as a symbol of today's, what shall we call it, harsh gospel. Let's, therefore, for just a moment, look simply at this one claim in today's gospel that Jesus came not to bring peace to the earth, but a sword. It was the prophet Isaiah, writing nearly a thousand years before Jesus, who prophesies, prophesies that when the Messiah comes, he will be the prince of peace. It was a radical image then as it is today because all monarchs, the only tools they had to bring peace were to conquer through war. Yet on the night that Jesus is born, the angels arrive and proclaim glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to all. Immediately, 
we think of Jesus, therefore, being the one who has come to end all conflict and to end all strife and one who can make our lives safe and secure. Yet, that is not what the text says. It says that the child is one of peace, but it does not spell out how peace will take place. It is possible, as perhaps Jesus is telling us today, that the establishment of peace might take something more than the absence of strife and the promise of security. If we go back to the start of chapter 10, we see that Jesus begins by selecting the 12 disciples. We heard that a few weeks ago. And then in verse 5, he sends them out on a mission. We heard that too. Proclaim in the villages and town that the kingdom of God has come near. Then he gives them instructions, we heard last week. Raise the dead, heal the sick, proclaim the good news. And then, in verse 26, he says to them that they are going to be persecuted and that people will hate them because of him. And finally, today, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace, not peace, but a sword. What are we to make of all this? Most of all, we, when we think of a sword, we think it is an instrument of violence. It's understandable, an instrument of violence and war. So it seems Jesus is not speaking literally since... Nowhere in the scripture does he ever brandish a sword. Nowhere in the Gospels does Jesus advocate violence. There are many religious traditions and leaders that do, but not Jesus. Remember, this is the one who did not turn, return violence when he went on trial and was dragged through the streets and was lifted up on a cross. No, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, is how he responded. He tells Peter, put away your sword. Those who live by it will die by it. So I wonder if the key for today is found in that Hebrew word for peace, shalom. Its meaning is not simply the absence of violence, but it's rather wholeness, completeness, bringing together, unifying. Perhaps Jesus' point today is that in order for there to be wholeness, there may need to be some division first, which fits the context as Jesus has just told them, that they will be the disciples, that they will be hated because of him. Maybe getting to wholeness 
is going to require some sort of sorting. Some sorting of our values. Some sorting of our loyalties. Some sorting of our lives. Some sorting of all of the systems in the world in which we live. Maybe what Jesus is saying in this harsh and raw passage today is that his mission to be the Prince of Peace requires him first to turn this world upside down. After all, this is exactly what we see him doing from the moment of his birth. When Herod heard that he had been born, Herod wants him killed because he knew that this child had come to turn his world upside down. When Jesus is presented in the temple by his parents, the old man Simeon knew, as he said, that this child would be the cause of the falling and the rising of many in Israel. You see, back to the manger scene, it seems to be our nature to try to keep Jesus there, to keep this image of Jesus passive, safe, secure, bolted down, calm, peaceful baby. But today we see that Jesus is all grown up and he's brought a sword with him. He's not a pushover, overturning the world from death and hate to radical and lavish love for all people will often divide us to the very bone. His life, his ministry, and his work in this world to this very day will often cut us to the heart, dividing soul and marrow, as the scripture says. He is out to force us to get clear about what truly matters in life. And he will turn our world upside down to make it happen. He's out to dethrone every illegitimate leader and every one of us who relies on systems that corrupt and destroy the creatures of God. The hard part is that this Jesus might divide us from the very things we love. It might be our own jobs. It might be our own friends. It might be our own families. It might be our ways in which we think this world is supposed to work. It might be how we think things are important. Jesus, yes, it is bold, but what he says today is that he has come to divide us from all of the loves that keep us from his true love. 
as he says, those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. So never be fooled by the image of Jesus, the infant, sweetly lying in the manger. For now he is no such thing. He did come to bring peace, but peace through the sword. Amen.